0: Happy Halloween, everyone, and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that have happened in history. I'm Amelia Edwards, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Barnaby King.
1: Don't you mean Boonaby? No. And you are a Moolia. Like I'm
0: some kind of cow? (laughs)
1: Yes, a demon cow.
0: Sure. (laughs) Fine. (laughs)
1: Yes, it's Halloween, sort of. Um, well, depending on when you're it. Might, to, this it, might be this out, might, out on might Halloween. might be out on Halloween. Who knows? We'll give it a go. <laughs> Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Sorry up. if this comes out like Guy Fawkes night or something. <laughs> it won't. Our schedule is a bit erratic at the moment, <laughs> but it's not that bad. <laughs> so, you are hosting us a Halloween spooktacular, are you? I am. You have it's, a spooky story? It's... A bit gory. Ooh, excellent.
0: Well, you might remember a few years ago that we did an episode about Elizabeth Bathory.
1: Yes, she who probably didn't bathe in virgin's blood. Yeah, and probably
0: <laughs> didn't torture that many people. She probably did torture some people, but not that many. That's one or two, and just who, a few. Yeah, who
1: hasn't in their time? <laughs>
0: Um, So I thought I'd have a look at the other inspiration for Dracula today Oh, excellent But before we go into that, we have an episode
1: Oh, excellent What do you have for us today?
0: Well, I was thinking, it's autumn Mm. People are getting heavy into the pumpkin spice lattes Indeed And... For the second time, I found an interesting bit of history about coffee. Yay! Yay! Excellent. Now, quick disclaimer. This might be complete bollocks. Oh, it might really? have been completely made up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's deceive the listener. <laughs> Yay. Well, we're not, I always
0: want to disclaim before, yeah, no, before we fair. do this. Yeah. Okay. So. Our story for this episode at is based in Sweden Ooh. in the 18th century.
1: I do not generally associate Sweden with coffee. No, They're well, certainly not in the 18th century. <laughs>
0: Actually, Sweden is among the highest number of coffee drinkers in the world. I mean, that doesn't
1: surprise me, but. You can't grow coffee there, surely No, you
0: can't <laughs> This isn't about growing coffee Oh, okay This is about drinking coffee oh, okay, yeah, fair enough I think last time we were talking about growing coffee, weren't we? I believe so, yeah But yeah, this is about drinking coffee mm. So, for some reason, the Swedes were really uncertain about the idea of drinking coffee and tea Right uh, So, coffee first arrived in Sweden in the 1600s, the late 1600s and it became fashionable among the wealthy in the late 1700s, basically, okay. or the mid 1700s. Um, but it got banned. Oh. By okay. royal decree. Right. In five separate periods between the 1750s and the 1820s. Oh, okay. Why? I don't know. Oh, okay. So the royal edict <laughs> said that, um, we had to go, we have to ban coffee drinking because of the misuse and excesses of tea and coffee drinking.
1: Huh. Was everyone just getting really caffeinated and getting kind of hyper? Or was it the withdrawal?
0: I've got no idea. Yeah. Like they just didn't like it. They were really worried about it. <laughs> um, now we've been to, Norway, which is obviously not Sweden, mm. but, you know, similar vibes. Yeah. And we know that they're very big on public health.
1: That's true, yes.
0: So Gustav Third, who yeah. was the king, uh, viewed coffee consumption as a threat to public health. Oh, okay. And apparently, and this is the bit where we start to get into might-be-complete-bullshit right. territory... He ordered a scientific experiment. Okay. To show the negative health effects of drinking coffee. And this is 18th century science, is it? Yeah.
1: Okay. Gonna be fun.
0: Okay. So there were identical twins.
1: Ah, always good for an experiment.
0: Who had committed some horrible crime. Right. And had both been com- condemned to death. Okay. But for taking part in this experiment, they were given life imprisonment instead. Right. Now, this experiment said that one of the twins should drink three pots of coffee per day. Whoa. And the other should drink the same amount of tea every day for the rest of their lives. Wow. Now, according to the story... um. Gustav III was assassinated long before they (laughs) they found out about this, about, like, who won. Oh,
1: there's nothing worse in the life of an academic when you get killed before your longitudinal study comes to an end. (laughs)
0: So the tea-drinking twin died first at the age of 83 Wow, okay Um, And the age of the coffee-drinking twin at his time of death is unknown Because both the doctors who'd been assigned to monitor this study (laughs) also died before him We
1: wanted to prove that coffee and tea is bad for you Unfortunately, we've proved that it makes you immortal
0: However, um, looking into this to find out whether it was true, it seems like this story first appeared in English in about the 1930s. Okay. Um, It was in a newspaper, and it was ascribed to some Swedish um, historian. Right. But no one can find a reference to it in this Swedish historian's book, which is about coffee drinking. Okay. Okay so they don't know whether he wrote it in a different book or in a like a note somewhere so it could be true yeah it could also be just kind of a little nice jokey story being like hey the coffee drinker actually lived the longest yeah
1: and outlived the people who were kind of trying to kill him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> However, from what I've seen, coffee drinking does not seem to be particularly bad for you unless you're no. drinking more than, like, three cups a day every day or it's, something. Yeah. Like, I think there's it's a moderation in all things kind of situation. Yeah. Probably you wouldn't feel great if you drank as much coffee as that guy, though. I
1: imagine not. But he probably kind of developed a bit of a tolerance for it after <laughs> a while. That or his heart was, like, real exercise by all the rapid beating it had to do
0: i guess <laughs> anyway on to our more halloweeny story so i'm sure that most of our listeners will have heard of vlad dracul you mean the
1: vape salesman what vlad the inhaler oh my god <laughs> do, do, do you want me to stop the recording should, should we just abandon this whole thing
0: no that was wonderful we should continue <laughs> Alright, so Vlad the Impaler, as in he impaled people. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, his name was taken by Bram Stoker to create Dracula. Nice, yeah. And it's a cool name because Dracul means the, the dragon. dragon.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because, um, so one of my first major introductions to Dracula and Dracula lore was the, um, 90s film dracula called bram stoker's dracula yeah it's fabulous it is fabulous i like it a lot it (laughs) has a lot wrong with it but you know it's got a special place in my heart um and they make a big thing about you know him being part of the order of the dragon
0: yeah i'm not even sure if he was i know that his father was yeah because his father was also called vlad dracul excellent yeah um So we've heard of Vlad Dracul, he's an impaler, he impaled people, Mm. but did you know that his brother was super handsome?
1: (laughs) Is this relevant?
0: Yeah, because today I'm actually not going to be talking specifically about Vlad, I'm going to talk about him a lot because he affects his brother's life, Right. but I'm going to talk a little bit more about his brother that we don't really know that much about. I didn't know he had a brother. He did. (laughs) Uh, His brother Radu is literally known as Radu the Handsome.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: Or in Turkish as Radu Bey. No. Bey means gentleman.
1: No. Yeah. Oh my God, that is amazing. Yeah,
0: so he's Radu Bey.
1: (laughs) Vlad the Impaler and Radu Bey.
0: Bey. (laughs) And also, everyone loves Radu.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Like, Okay, this is already a bit mad. Not only have we got... The Vladim Per had a brother, which
0: yeah, absolutely no one knew. no idea
1: about. But also, he's like super handsome, yes. and he's a bay. He is bay. <laughs> okay, wow. So Was- I'm going to
0: be talking about both of them today because their lives are kind of inextricably linked together. Yeah, uh, they kind of kept alternating being the prince of Wallachia. Oh, okay. So yeah. How did that work out? Um, they kept defeating each other or uh, being kicked out of the country in exile or something. Oh,
1: so this wasn't a friendly relationship they had. Uh
0: probably not, <laughs> well, no.
1: <it> <laughs> a lot of sibling rivalry and sort of sibling scuffling. Um uh, there's a lot going on here. Okay, fair enough.
0: Okay, so Vlad and Radu were both sons of Vlad Dracul the second. Right. Our Vlad is Vlad the Third. Right. So, uh, Vlad Dracul is so cool It's like, such a cool such name such a cool name <laughs> So Vlad II Yeah Was the Voivoda Or Prince okay. Of Wallachia Right And Wallachia is an area of Romania Next to Transylvania Right okay I think it's just Transylvania sounds sexier And like more scary <laughs> Yes yeah I get that Yeah So I think that's why Stoker went Let's go Transylvania Why not Yeah Even though Yeah It, 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 it was it, next door It's next door <laughs> So, the history of Wallachia, and indeed Transylvania, in the Middle Ages was incredibly violent. Okay, cool. So, Vlad II seized control of Wallachia in 1436. Right. No one seems to inherit the throne.
1: They forcibly
0: take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you become the person who could inherit the throne. Right. And then you have to forcibly take the throne. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Um, no
1: one was chill in this place. No one was chill. <laughs> and
0: the thing is that Wallace quite small. Yeah. Understandably, because it's only part of Romania today. Yeah. Um, so. Is, is it mountainous? I actually don't know, probably. Yeah i'm
1: hoping so just for this sort of aesthetic
0: yeah let's say for the aesthetic i've got no idea let's say for the aesthetic it's like it was probably very heavily forested because it's medieval times and everything is is heavily forested Yeah, Um, because they believed in conservation then (laughs) i mean they were trying really hard to cut down all the forests (laughs) at least the monks were (laughs) yes they
1: needed more space to farm eels
0: yeah that's true Like that's legitimately true. <laughs> anyway, I've got no idea about the geography of this place, but let's imagine for a second. Yeah. I'm sorry, Romanians. But we're imagining this is mountainous foresty areas. Yeah. But yeah, so because these are all kind of tiny kingdoms hmm. in the middle of some pretty big kingdoms like the Hungarians right, and yeah. the Ottoman Empire, yeah. um, people like Vlad II had to rely a lot on other people to help get them into control of places yeah that makes sense so it seems like at this point Vlad II yeah. is reliant on both the king of Hungary and the sultan of the Ottoman Empire oh right okay which causes a lot of
1: problems. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I thought you were going to say just mercenaries. Like, it feels like that would have been an easier thing to do. Oh,
0: I don't think he's got any money.
1: Oh, fair enough, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so as a result, Wallachia was under the suzerainty. Suzerainty? Which is the part control Right Of the Ottoman Empire Okay That's and if, a fun word Suzerainty yes. Suzerainty So your suzerainty meant If you were under the suzerainty of the Ottoman Empire mm-hmm. You had to pay them a bunch of tribute Right And you also had to give them children Oh Which we'll talk about more later Wow okay But yeah this was a whole thing I was gonna say
1: it's a bit like just sort of being a vassal state But it seems a bit more than that Yeah Wow. It is. Okay. So, in
0: 1441, John Hunyadi, who was the Prince of Transylvania, next door. Amazing. I know. <laughs> he met a man called
1: Cassius Marcellus <laughs> who was going to university at the time. No,
0: this guy's being really Christian, because okay. he in terms of medieval Christianity, because he approached Vlad and was like, hey, do you want to take part in a crusade against the Ottomans?
1: (laughs) And Vlad was like, no, I'm employing some of them.
0: Well, the Prince of Transylvania was also under the suzerainty of the Ottoman Empire, but also had just been put into place by, like, the Prince of Luxembourg or something. I don't know. Anyway...
1: This seems like a really contentious area. It's
0: so like this is the thing. I don't expect you to pay attention to any of the details here. The whole, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Like the whole point is that there's a lot going on, and it's really difficult to do politics.
1: Why is everyone kind of fighting over these quite small areas that I don't think are particularly you know tactically advantageous? I
0: guess for Romania, it's between the Ottoman Empire and like Christendom, right? right? So it makes sense that you'd want people in control of that bit because that's kind of your buffer zone. Yeah, that makes sense. And it must be the same for Transylvania as well, yeah. obviously being part of Romania. So anyway, Hunyadi wants to get the Ottomans out. Yeah. I don't know whether Vlad said yes or not to this, by the way, um, but after Hunyadi succeeded and took back oh. control of Transylvania, okay. uh, the Ottoman emperor accused Vlad of treason right, yeah. and took him prisoner. Yeah, it makes sense. So in order to regain his freedom, Vlad had to pledge that he would not support the enemies of the Ottoman Empire, which is fair. And he also had to pay an extra annual tribute and send 500 Wallachian boys to serve as janissaries in the Sultan's army. As what? Janissaries. What the hell is that? Now, the Janissaries are really cool. So they are specifically an Ottoman army thing. Right. They were a group of enslaved soldiers. Oh, damn. Who were usually taken as children in the levy from the suzerain countries. Right. And once they had been taken as children, they were raised by the sultan's army. Yeah. They were forcibly converted to Islam. Yeah. Um, And they became incredibly loyal, basically... We're kind of thinking, you know, in Game of Thrones, the people that Daenerys takes control of? Those people. Right, okay. So they were super loyal. They owed only allegiance to their sultan. Right. They got paid a salary. Oh, okay. Despite being enslaved. Yeah. Um, the enslavement here just means you can't do anything else. Yeah.
1: You can't choose to leave. Yeah, no.
0: Um, <laughs> and
1: I'm assuming there's not really a good retirement plan.
0: No, they were allowed to get married after the age of 40. But oh. like, I think this is like, you can't really have kids, you know, right. like yeah. you have to be loyal to the sultan above everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they're kind of interesting. And apparently they massively slowed down the Ottoman Empire empire's ability to upgrade anything later on like in the 1800s really yes Why? um because they wanted to maintain the control that they had
1: right i see so resources were being directed somewhere else yeah right okay
0: <laughs> so yeah so
1: <laughs> resources were being directed into young boys oh no oh no
0: oh no uh, and vlad was also forced to leave his two sons, Vlad the yeah. Third and Radu, as hostages in the Ottoman Empire. Oh, okay. Now, noble hostages in those days would be treated almost as members of the court. Yeah. So, both of the boys were educated as a result. Yeah. Probably a lot better than they would have been in Malaysia. Almost definitely, yes. <laughs> they were educated in logic. Yeah. They were taught the Quran. Yeah, of course. And they were also taught Turkish and Persian literature and language. Nice. So, they're kind of really up to date
1: yeah and at this sort of era you're probably getting some of the better education oh for sure this is definitely the time when arab doctors were basically the best in the world
0: yeah these are the turks rather than the arabs at this point the um the islamic empire has split okay right but yeah if you want to be going for sort of the latest in everything it's islam rather than christianity at that point yeah it's the hot new thing oh my gosh yes <laughs>
1: that islam is so hot right now <laughs> so in
0: 1448 uh, vlad ii was killed by john cunyadi right um and the sultan who is called mehmed released vlad 3 to become the new prince of wallachia okay which makes sense he's the older brother yeah but meanwhile radu converted to islam apparently okay. not forcibly because right. it's kind of his choice at this point yeah and he became an official member of the ottoman court oh, okay now i'm not sure how old radu is at this point because i've not done the maths <laughs> um, but there is something that needs to be brought up at this point okay which is that the sultan established a relationship with radu Okay. As he did with many other boys. Okay. So this was written about by Chalko Kondilas, who was a Greek historian of the time. Right. And he covered a lot on the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. He wrote... The sultan spent that winter in his palace and summoned Vlad Third, the son of Vlad II, Dracul, and ruler of Wallachia, as he already had his younger brother at his court, keeping him as his lover and maintaining him.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so like this isn't even a, like... No, this isn't a nudge-nudge-wink-wink wink thing at
0: all. This is, like... Chalka Kondiles says This is his lover He makes it very clear Like he uses the word In Greek That apparently refers To specifically Older male Younger male Relations well, I You know Generasty Yeah Right Yeah But I don't think Radu is a child At this point No Radu is Eight years younger Than the Sultan Oh Okay uh, he's just a toy boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Then a bit of arm candy for now, the Sultan. Chalco Candilas has some gossip for us. Ooh, dish. He says <laughs> it happened that the Sultan was almost killed by the boy when he had wanted to have sex with him. <laughs> What? This was when he had first Gained the throne and was preparing To campaign against Karaman He was in love with the boy and invited Him for conversation and then As a sign of his respect he invited Him for drinks to his bedchamber Never do that guys No The boy did not expect to suffer such a thing from the sultan And when he saw the sultan approaching him with that intention He fought him off and refused to have intercourse with him
1: Oh this has got real grim
0: The sultan kissed the unwilling boy who drew a dagger and struck the sultan on his thigh Yeah fair enough He then fled in whatever direction he could find the doctors were able to treat the sultan's wound. Yeah. The boy had climbed up a tree there and was hiding. Oh, When the sultan packed up and left, the boy came down from the tree, began his journey, and shortly afterwards arrived at the port and became the sultan's lover.
1: Weird. Right? What's going on? I don't know. This has got real creepy. I mean, I guess, you It know, is
0: creepy. It
1: is Halloween and it's meant to be creepy, but we normally like a different sort of creepy.
0: Yeah, so... A fair number of people online
1: yeah. have
0: tried to have tried to say, oh my gosh, did you know that Vlad the Impaler had a queer brother who was in love with the Sultan? It doesn't sound like that. No. I don't think this sounds super consensual. No. It does sound like it becomes consensual later on. Um it seems to me that becoming the sultan's lover came with a number of benefits, and I oh, think Radu's yeah. quite a sensible bloke who works this out. Is
1: he basically just like, oh, that was a shock that I wasn't expecting, but now that I think about it...
0: Yeah, I think that's what happens. Oh, that's... That's grim. It is. But, as a result of this, Radu became a commander of the Janissary. Right. And Mehmed also made him the favourite to be the new prince of Wallachia. Oh, okay. So this comes with a number of political benefits. Yeah. So yeah, ultimately, super creepy. Mm. Mehmed, stop being a creep. I know, right? I know you're around in the 1400s, but stop being a creep, man. Yeah. Um, but also, I love Radu that he stabbed him in the thigh. Yeah.
1: No, fair enough. Like that is a bold move, and it is pretty good. It's a bold <laughs> move,
0: and it paid off. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> stabbed I guess it's him like, in the
1: thigh, hit up a tree. Yeah. I, mean... I kind of like that Like You could use that As a way to get out Of many things Yeah really. Just stab in the thigh Run up a tree Yeah
0: that uncomfortable Meeting with your boss Stab yeah. them in the thigh Run up a tree <laughs> That time when Does not endorse Random <laughs> stabbings In the thigh Unless it's with a hat pin Oh yes that's true mm. Yeah Ultimately Dealing with sexual assault Seems to always be Stab them Stab them <laughs> It really is Yeah <laughs>
1: Oh, well, okay. <laughs> A proud historical tradition of stabbing sex. Offenders. <laughs> this not, Halloween, yeah, not fatally, I should say. Yeah, like, no, it like, seems like
0: it's always in the thigh or yeah, something
1: to wound,
0: to wound. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go for the kill, guys. That probably won't work out for you. But no. yeah, <laughs> but stabbing the thigh, it's yeah. nice and fleshy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. It's hard to say exactly why the Sultan suddenly wanted to replace Vlad the Impaler. Mm. Uh, It's either because for one year, or for three years, depending on which historian of the time you ask, Vlad did not pay his tribute to the Sultan. Oh, no. So, in consequence, in 1459, Mehmed sent his envoy to Wallachia, which was to order Vlad to come to Constantinople. Vlad was like... No. Mm. Now, I've read online several accounts of this. Some go, uh, the envoy were executed by Vlad. Oh, damn. One goes that Vlad had his had their turbans nailed to their heads. Oh, God. Um, because they wouldn't raise their hats to him, so they were being impolite.
1: Yeah, I forgot that this is Vlad the Impaler we're talking this about. This is
0: very much Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. They wouldn't raise their hats to him, so... Because they were Turkish. Yeah. And they are not gonna take their turbans yeah. off to anyone but God. But never mind! Also, hard to just raise a turban. Very hard to raise a <laughs> turban, I guess, yeah. Isn't your hair sometimes, like, part of Bound it? Bound in it, yeah. I mean. It, or is that the, just the Sikhs' it turbans? It might well be. Mm.
1: Like, uh, turbans, different things for different They to are very band. different. It's, it's even called different things, so. Mm. I don't know. We'll we just leave that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so Mehmed then sent Hamza Pasha, who was one of his officials, to remonstrate with Vlad, possibly yeah. also to ambush Vlad. <laughs> and Vlad was like, This is Wallachia! Kicked <laughs> <laughs> him
1: off a mountain.
0: Well, Vlad overwhelmed Hamza's forces and killed him. Yep, yeah, fair. And then he crossed the Danube, invaded Bulgaria, which was part of the Ottoman Empire at the time, and scorched the land between Serbia and the Black Sea, <laughs> oh, killing at least 20,000 Turks, wow. um, or people that he classified as Turks, yeah. and also other men that his men executed while on horseback, who he didn't count, and right. also other people that he burned to death in their houses, who he also didn't count.
1: I'm imagining Vlad at this point v- being very much like Brian Blessed in the first Blackadder series. Yeah. Well, I mean, even here, like, I, I'm pretty sure when he gets into a rage, he starts shouting Turkish pigs oh my gosh. at everyone.
0: I mean, probably. So, as a result of this, in 1462, Mehmed invaded Wallachia. Yeah. At this point in time, he was 31. Right. Radu was 23. Right. And Radu, being the head of the Janissary, accompanied him. Mm. Uh, Raddy was in charge of like forty thousand men. Yeah, brother and, versus brother, grudge match. And he was ready to become the next leader of Wallachia of because course. you don't keep people as prince of Wallachia if they just burned down yeah. all of Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So the Janissaries alone were a larger force than the entire Wallachian army. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: How is Vlad going to get out
0: of this one? Well. On their route into Wallachia, they found a grotesque forest of wooden stakes, which were piled high with skewered Ottoman corpses. Mm. Chalco Condiles claims there were 20,000 bodies in all, and these were arrayed over an area of more than seven acres. Wow. And on the tallest stake was Hamza Pasha, the envoy. Yeah. Who, by this point, had been dead for like two years, yeah. so Vlad had clearly been like preparing this
1: yeah, this is this is <laughs> it's a great artistic work, really, and you know, it's a passion project that you've really got to get behind to move twenty thousand bodies, prepare twenty thousand stakes, and yeah, I'm, I'm, this is <laughs> a lot of effort. maybe that's why. Like, it's just a sort of psychological warfare thing It was like, wow, he's really committed to these things Like, yeah. this is what he does So,
0: well, we don't really care enough <laughs> According to Chalco Kondiles Upon seeing this grisly scene The Sultan was seized with amazement And said it was not possible to deprive of his country A man who had done such great deeds Who had such a diabolical understanding Of how to govern his realm and his people <laughs> And he said that a man who had done such things Was worth much Then, having seen this horrible thing, he turned around and went back to Turkey. (laughs) So, I mean, it works.
1: Meanwhile, replacement trousers were brought for him. (laughs) I mean... (laughs)
0: I kind of okay Mehmed is known as Mehmed the Conqueror he conquers a bunch of places (laughs) but he sees this and is like no nope 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 nope, nope. (laughs) just turns around and leaves so yeah I think in terms of In terms of history's worst people, like Vlad is not big in terms of huge scores of people that he killed, but he does get—he deserves his reputation, really. Twenty
1: thousand is quite a lot. Twenty
0: thousand is a lot. I mean, we got people whose counts are in the millions, but those are in the modern day.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but. I mean, in terms of genuinely being horrific, I think this is the thing. This it's, is the worst it's thing. It's the grotesque
1: spectacle of it. Yeah, that's what makes it kind of monstrous. Yeah, like, like
0: he's a proper Halloween guy. I yeah. think as Vlad the
1: Impaler, I, it totally makes sense why you would take inspiration from him to make, you know, Dracula. Yeah, for sure. One of the all-time big monsters of fiction.
0: And I kind of thought that maybe the impaling was a bit like with Elizabeth Bathory, like yeah. maybe it was overstated. But no, no, No. this, this was (laughs) reported from the time. Yeah. I mean, maybe Chalka Condiles is like a bit over the top, but the thing about killing at least 20,000 people and not counting some of them was written by Vlad the Impaler himself. Oh, damn. In a letter to somebody who was trying to get on his side.
1: so hi it's me it's vlad here and <laughs> i've got all these bodies and i really want to display them but i just don't have room in Wallachia because it's very small and most of it is on the slope <laughs> covered in thick forests so do you mind if i sort of like take some of your space because then i'll have the proper way to display all my corpses oh my god
0: grace So Mehmed did leave Radu behind with a small force of Ottoman troops because he was going to challenge Vlad to the throne. Yeah. So Radu roamed through the country, stirring up support for his revolt among the boyars. And Boyar is like a baron. Yeah. Um... And the thing is that Vlad had been awful to the boyers at the beginning. So, (laughs) at the beginning of his reign, he purged any of them who had participated in the murder of his father, or his elder brother, or whom he suspected of plotting against him. I mean, that's
1: probably a wise move, to be fair. It's
0: probably a wise move, but also, given that Vlad's the kind of person who will stockpile bodies for years in order to create this hideous spectacle, how... Ready... Like, how accurate do you think his thoughts are on who's plotting to kill him? Also, I think everyone's plotting to kill him.
1: Hey, you. You've been sniffing around the corpse storage room. What's going on? Something to hide?
0: (laughs) Exactly. So... Yeah, I think he probably overdid it. Yeah. Apparently, in the first couple of years of his reign, he executed either hundreds or thousands of people. Right, yeah. So, the boyars aren't happy. Also, they've had all of their rights taken away. And you know how people like barons feel about yeah. rights.
1: Also, at this point in Wallachia, the population is about three. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
0: um He had then also, which is again a sensible move, he had taken the wealth from all his victims and given it to his own retainers in order to ensure their loyalty. Yep. But again, that really pissed some people off. Yeah. So, as a result, this was not that hard to get people to rebel.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. But it does sound like he's got some, you know, pretty core supporters around him.
0: He does, yes. Uh, for the moment. But- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what support is it if you have to buy it, I guess? Yeah, well. Um. So apparently Radu told the boyars There are no livestock or pack animals left You have (laughs) suffered all these horrible things On account of my brother And you ingratiate yourselves With a most unholy man Who has brought such harm upon Wallachia As we have not heard has been visited Upon any other part of the earth
1: Wow Yeah, okay He speaks his mind
0: (laughs) Yeah So by November Vlad had been deposed Yeah And he was imprisoned in Hungary Yeah, makes sense like, 14 years later, he did take over the throne again. <laughs> <laughs> he ruled for two months, and then he was killed in battle in 1476. Wow, okay. Um. Incidentally, the man who slayed him was Basarab Leota, who was a Wallachian rival, backed by Mehmed II. Hey,
1: there we go. Oh, Mehmed, you creepy pederast, you got your revenge in the end. He
0: did indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my story of the two brothers... Fighting to take back control over Wallachia, but also, why do you want it?
1: Yeah. Also, it was very weird. Like, when you were talking about that, for a long while, I kept the getting that Vlad the Impaler was Vlad the Impaler. I kept thinking, <laughs> of just like, oh, you know, he's the older brother. He's like, yeah. he's ruling his rightful kingdom, everything like that. Everything's fine. He's just like a dude. And then I remembered, no, yeah, it is Vlad the Impaler. It's Vlad the Impaler. I he's killing a
0: lot of people. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's not the good guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard because the Romanians do still, to this day, see Vlad the Impaler as kind of a national hero. That makes sense. Because he was defending his country against a an oppressive outside force. Yeah, no, that does make total sense. Doesn't mean he's not a bastard. (laughs) No, he's a horrible person. But I think that part of the support might have come about in the reign of Ceausescu. Right. When especially there was a lot of issues with the idea of being ruled by people from the east. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I guess you just keep on having Vlad the Impaler as a national hero Whoa. But, you know just just sort of tune out some of the stuff about the 20,000 corpses and the corpse cellar and like. yeah but
0: Radu who is gorgeous and everyone loves him you know took over ruled for another 14 years got deposed ruled a bit more got deposed again ruled a bit more got deposed again it just kept happening by the way after Vlad the Impaler had died it was just this one other guy and they kept going back and forth because Amazing. Mehmed couldn't keep make up his mind on who oh. he wanted That's
1: weird. I know. (laughs) I'm kinda cute.
0: (laughs) But I don't know. know.
1: (laughs) A large cost of human life with one very indecisive pet (laughs) arrest.
0: Woo! Happy Halloween, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> thank you
1: for listening to That Time When If you have any suggestions for episodes you can email them to us at ttwpod at gmail.com
0: And thank you as always to Kevin McLeod for our theme song Anachronist as well as any other music that Barnaby's used in this podcast.
1: And thank you again for listening. Now go out invest in eels and conquer Wallachia.
0: Bye!